Welcome to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, send it in to podcast at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join the Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. Hello, friends. Happy Monday. Today is a very exciting day because enrollment for the February 2019 round of my Paleo Women Lifestyle Program is officially open. I love enrollment time because I love welcoming in a new group of women into our little family over at PWLP. We are a very tight, close family. We share it all with each other. But if you're not familiar with my program, the Paleo Women Lifestyle Program, it is a five-week online group coaching program that includes access to my online course, which is basically everything you need to know about optimizing your health and wellness as a woman from the paleo perspective. You get access to that full course and then you also get access to our private Facebook group and live video coaching calls with me and the other ladies in the group. You also, if you go through that program, will get access to discounted one-on-one sessions with me. But that online course includes so many hours of video and audio lectures from me and you get weekly PDFs as well. And I pace you out each week through a different module, but you have access to the content forever. So you can take as long as you want to work through it or you can go through it as quickly as you want. Sometimes the ladies will start and then they something comes up in their lives and then they just come back to it later. Or I've had a few women kind of just go through the program multiple times with different groups just because there's a lot of material and you'll learn a lot and there's always something new to come back to. And then in addition to that, when you join, you also get access to all of our past live video coaching calls. So I record all of the coaching calls in case somebody can't make the call. And they're just all in a little folder for everybody to go back and watch. And there are hours of calls in there. We cover all different types of questions. And that's the beauty of the program because I have all of the pre-made online content that you get to work through, which is kind of the base of like, this is what you need to know if you're a woman. And then we get to answer any other questions or any other talk about any other topics that the ladies in the group want to talk about in the live calls and in the Facebook group. So the content is always changing and growing and it is very, it's a very active group. It's a lot of fun and we get really close and basically talk about everything. So this course covers everything you need to know about nutrition. We talk about building balanced meals. We talk about all the different macronutrients, common health mistakes women make, cooking and grocery shopping, sneaky ingredients, all of that, as well as exercise and movement and hacking your sleep and your stress management and how to handle social dynamics and just mental emotional health as well non-toxic products 
weight management, balancing out the hormones. That's a huge component. We have a whole module about balancing hormones because as women, that's incredibly important for our health and also lots of tidbits about digestion. And I'm excited because I'm planning on continuing to expand the program and add in more more topics, which will be a lot of fun. And once you're in the group, you're always in the group. So you have access to any changes I make over time. And I highly recommend joining in this round if you want to join because the price will increase next time as more ladies get into the group it becomes more exclusive there are limited spots available because i want to make sure i can be there for every single woman in the group and get to know everybody and i i mean i moderate everything so i answer all the questions in the facebook group so i gotta make sure i can keep up with everyone um it's a really awesome place and i just think that If you're considering working with a one-on-one practitioner, I mean, I think every woman needs to go through this course because it's like a manual of like, here is what you need to know. We're going to cut through the BS and just get down to it. But also if you're working with a practitioner, you will save a lot of money if you do this program and implement everything I suggest and then see where your body is at because you might find that a lot of your um, symptoms resolve themselves or if not, then you will be in at least a much better place than where you started. There's this trend in functional medicine right now where a lot of functional medicine doctors or naturopaths, before you even get to see them, you have to work with their nutritionist first and cover all of these things before the naturopath will even see you because your symptoms can completely change once you make these diet and lifestyle changes, which is very similar to kind of my approach here, which is why I just think it's it's so much more worth it to go through this program and implement these changes. And I've had quite a few one-on-one clients um, after we've kind of done the bulk of our work together. They want to join in the group to be part of the group program. And they always tell me, they say, I cannot believe how much information is in there. Like people are blown away by how much information is in there because it's almost like like the same amount of information you would get working one-on-one with somebody for a few months, which is a lot more expensive. So I'm super excited about this. You guys know how passionate I am about helping women avoid all of the bad health information out there. So much of the health information put out into this space is really targeted towards men and best for men because so much of the scientific research behind different health trends um, is done. These studies are done mostly on men and we are completely different hormonally and emotionally, physically. And what works for men is not always going to work for us. So this is why I see women saying, I ate exactly what my husband or my boyfriend or my brother ate and I put on 20 pounds and I can't sleep through the night. My hair is falling out and he lost all this weight and he feels great and is energetic. And I'm like, yeah, that's because we're different. Our hormones are more complex in terms of the fact that they run on different rhythms throughout the month, throughout the day, throughout the week versus men. It's kind of on the same cycle over and over again. So really important to take that into consideration and even throughout our lives, you know, you're different when you are in your reproductive years than when you're in perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause. So we got to take all that into consideration. That's why people run into issues when they just go on the internet and Google search something because I know you've been Google searching symptoms. I used to do that all the time and they try and just follow that advice and then they don't get the resolution plus the group accountability aspect of this is key because I know a lot of us feel a little bit 
isolated or alone or we feel like we don't have a safe space to ask questions this is a totally safe space to ask any questions you want or just vent about whatever you need to talk about um and to have that group accountability of people who really get you and have have been in the same situation like just it's so incredible to me how many really solid strong friendships come out of this program and how connected we are as a community because we can all relate and a lot of the women in there feel like they don't have that many friends or family members who really get it so it's a great place and really no matter where you are in your health journey whether you're brand new to this or you are just a total nutrition geek nerd you will get something you will get a lot out of this program i have plenty of women who can speak to that truth so it's a really awesome collection of women who all support each other and i feel blessed to be a part of it so if you are interested in enrolling head over to my website christinaricewellness.com and click under courses or go to bit.ly slash paleo women lifestyle there are limited spaces available and this first day of enrollment, the price is $200 off the normal price. So I would sign up now slash before spots sell out. If there are more spots open at the end of the day, then tomorrow there will still be a few left, but the price will be bumped up to the regular price. So I recommend heading on over and purchasing sooner rather than later. So you get a really good deal. My wait list was full. So I do anticipate that spots will sell out pretty quickly. So head on over and if you want to learn more about the details of the program everything we cover all of the modules that are covered then you can go to that link bit.ly slash paleo women lifestyle there are also plenty of testimonials from women if you want to learn what they thought about going through the group because i think hearing testimonials always help I mean, I'm just super passionate about this because this program is exactly what I wish I had when I was first getting started on my health journey and also as I was going through it because if you guys have been following along for a while, you know, it took me years to kind of get to the root of what was going on and you really do need that support and you need some solid information and you need a community of people who you feel like just get it and you can trust and just, again, that high-quality information. I wasted so much time trying to cut through the bs and this program i'm trying to do that for you and i just want to be there for all of my fellow ladies and continue to grow this community because i love it so much so i'm super excited about this new program it officially starts february 25th so once you sign up you immediately get access to the online course content but then you'll get access to the facebook group and everything else that goes along with it on February 25th, that Monday when we officially start. And for those of you who have already signed up, welcome to the tribe. If you are debating it, take this opportunity. Honestly, I feel like I talk about it so often, but just in life in general, too many people are waiting around and they have so many opportunities in front of them and they they come up with excuses to not take those opportunities. I can't do it because X, Y, or Z, you can. But if you want to elevate your life, um, not just in terms of your health, but just in general, and not just in terms of this program, in general, if you want to elevate your life, increase your success in whatever aspect of your life you are struggling with or feel like is lacking, you need to go out there and take opportunities and do things that sometimes you're not totally sure about. Or if you feel like the universe just put it into your lap, go after it because it's a sign and you never know what will come out of it. So that's my main update for you. Paleo Women Lifestyle Program enrollment is open 
today. So just go to bit.ly slash paleo and lifestyle to enroll and I'm pumped to get started. Today's episode is going to be Q&A. I'm going to try and get through as many questions as possible. Everyone who's in our Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe, sent in some awesome questions. So I'm excited to get into these. And if you're not already in that Facebook group, make sure you join. You can meet other listeners in there. There's also um, a new section on my website if under the, the podcast page at christinariceswellness.com where you can submit questions for the podcast there. So it's a pretty easy contact form. So you can also submit questions via that as well. But just in general, one of the most common questions I get asked is about probiotics and gut health because you guys know that's, I mean, that's one of my specialties <laughs> is gut health and one of the things I'm most passionate about. And I'm super picky about probiotics. And you've heard me talk about it before, but the probiotic I always recommend to people and I also recommend to the ladies in my group. We cover all the supplements I recommend in general, but I recommend the Just Thrive Probiotic and Antioxidant. If you really want to take a deep dive into probiotics and how they work in the body and the different types, I recommend going back and listening to my podcast with Karan Krishnan all about probiotics. That was episode 124 and is one of my most popular episodes by far. It has a lot of scientific information so you probably want to take notes but really important information because this whole world of probiotics is very tricky for people and I I feel like this comes up all the time in my daily life and I don't really say anything unless people ask but they say oh yeah I get my probiotics. I take x y and z or I drink my kombucha and I just Oh, I sigh and I, I don't say anything unless they ask me for my recommendation. But for you guys, I want to make it clear that I'm very picky about probiotics. The truth is that most of the probiotics you'll get at the store on the shelves, um, they are not doing anything for you. It's a marketing scheme. I remember when I was first trying to find a good probiotic, I went to Whole Foods and I asked the wellness person who works in the supplement aisle, I said, I need a good probiotic. What's the best one? And he goes, oh, so the best probiotics are in the refrigerator. So I spent a while in, I mean, three years ago thinking that the best probiotics were in the fridge. And now I've learned this is the complete opposite. And it's also a common misconception that I know a lot of, a lot of people believe that as well. But Just Thrive, which is the probiotic I recommend to everybody doesn't need to be refrigerated. Why is that? Okay, probiotics that need to be refrigerated tend to be very sensitive. So sensitive that they're not going to survive at room temperature on a shelf. So what do you think happens to those when they're swallowed into a body that's 98.6 degrees? Enough said there. Most probiotics are not surviving the gastric environment of the stomach. It's harsh in there, it's acidic, and the probiotic needs to survive to be effective. The reason why I love Just Thrive is because it is a spore probiotic formulation and the spore formulation will survive that harsh gastric environment and arrives 100% alive into the intestines. Unlike most of the probiotics on the market that have been tested and shown to not make it alive into the intestine. So you're basically just ingesting dead bacteria. Another common misconception when it comes to probiotics is that people think they need just as many strains as possible. And it's not necessarily about how many strains. It's not about how many probiotic cells are in the product. It's about how many effective cells are getting to the intestines alive. 
And studies have shown that the strains in Just Thrive actually create a 30% favorable shift in the microbiome by just using 1 billion CFUs a day. So that's a 30 trillion organism change by just 1 billion spores. And there are actually no published studies showing that a higher CFU count is better. So the focus really needs to be on the quality, not the quantity, which is why I am so picky about quality. So a lot of people focus on the gut health aspect of probiotics, which is obviously profound and our gut health is really at the root of our overall health. So I mean, pretty much every single person who comes to me, if they're trying to improve their health, we're starting with the gut because that's that's where it all begins. And so many people struggle with leaky gut or intestinal hyperpermeability, you might have heard it called. I actually have a whole blog post on what leaky gut is, so you could totally check that out on my website if you want to learn more specifics about leaky gut and how you get that. But just because of our food supply and the patterns of modern lifestyle, so many people have leaky gut and they don't realize how this is manifesting in their body in a number of ways and giving them a lot of unwanted symptoms. I know that the current information suggests that over 65% of Americans have leaky gut, although if you're asking me, I would guess far more. Personally, it's at the root of most major chronic illnesses in the Western world, including heart disease, diabetes, cancer, autoimmune disease, dementia, and more. And studies have actually shown that Just Thrive's probiotic formula can begin healing leaky gut in just 30 days. There's no other probiotic that has been shown in human clinical trials to actually cure leaky gut, but this trial does show that Just Thrive's formula actually can. The endospores in Just Thrive act like little gut police that will arrive alive into the intestines and sort of read the microbiome, and then they can eliminate any pathogens or toxins while actually also producing compounds and nutrients that help the body to grow our good bacteria. The strains also help to modulate the immune system, which means it can help to upregulate the T regulatory system, suppress unfavorable immune responses like allergies and food sensitivities, and really help us maintain overall health, especially during cold and flu season or while traveling. And another really awesome thing about the Just Thrive probiotic is that it actually creates a measurable metabolic shift in the body. So the strains in Just Thrive can actually really improve the production of short-chain fatty acids in the body and the higher production of short-chain fatty acids actually results in less fat storage, higher fat burn, improved insulin sensitivity, improved satiety, and reduced gut and systemic inflammation, which is pretty awesome. So if you want to learn more or get your bottle of Just Thrive, just go to bit.ly slash Thrive Probiotic CRW, and you can use my code Christina15 for 15% off. So my discount code is C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-1-5 for 15% off at bit.ly slash Thrive Probiotic CRW. And just so you guys know, if you ever don't know my discount codes, just go to my website under my shop page and they're right there. Again, I always recommend this to people and every person who comes back to me and they say, oh my gosh, this is the only probiotic that I actually noticed a huge difference with. And I'm like, yep, I told you, it's an awesome probiotic. And as you know, I love talking about gut health and this is what I work with so many people on is their gut health. Speaking of which, just before I hop into questions, I'll just give a quick little personal update while I'm on here. 
I know a while back I posted a podcast all about kind of the new test results I had and what I was planning on doing. And I am at a place right now where I literally feel the best I've ever felt in my whole life. And I'm so happy to say that. And I really feel like it was it was a combination of finally getting the test results I needed and making sure I had the right supplements and dietary changes. But mostly, honestly, I think all of the energetic work I've been doing and the brain retraining work I've been doing has just changed the game for me, which is why I'm super excited because I'm going to share more about that in my program as I add changes. I'm going to teach the girls some of the things that I have learned in my own healing process that I think just changed the game. And also with the energy healing, this is why I'm so excited about Reiki. And if you're in San Diego and want an in-person session, let me know. I'm doing a huge discount these first few months while I'm in San Diego um, for in-person Reiki. And if you're not in San Diego, I'm doing distance Reiki. I have quite a few clients who I see regularly via distance and they noticed huge changes. So you can find all that information on my services page on my website, ChristinaRiceWellness.com. But I'm just really passionate about all this because it has made a huge impact on my life and I truly feel like a completely different person. And I'm so happy that I just feel so much better right now than I have literally ever felt. And that is an awesome way to feel. And I just want people to know if you have been struggling with chronic illness and you ever feel like you're giving up do not ever give up because I promise you there's always something else to try and you can get through it um so yeah that's my little motivation but I just kind of wanted to update you guys and I'm just really excited to be able to share more about what I found that has really worked for me so I'm sure we can talk about that more but that's kind of just like my personal my personal update it's really things are going well so let's go ahead and hop into some of these questions. Like I said, I am I really do want to try and get to as many as I can. So first up, someone said, number one, they had two questions. How to go about an elimination diet and not lose your mind in regards to going to class, work, exercise, etc. So let's start there. So elimination diets, so much of this is mindset. And this is why it can be so helpful to have some type of support when you're going on an elimination diet, whether this is working with somebody one-on-one or being in something like my group program. Having support is really important because so much of the elimination diet is your mindset. I have been on so many elimination diets in my life, (laughs) so many crazy ones, and I have gone through it. And so, I mean, you guys... If I can get through traveling for like two months while not being able to eat lettuce and olive oil and black pepper, you can do it. You can do it. But there are a few things that I always recommend in terms of elimination diets. First of all, make sure that the people in your life know what you're doing and why you're doing it so that they can be supportive. Because if you don't tell anybody, then they're probably going to like try to get you to eat certain things or it might just come up and when you let people know they're much more conscious to it and they'll be like you know can you eat this or like I mean if you for example can't eat sugar for a few months it's important to tell your friends so that they know like oh I'm not going to try and pressure her to like go out to ice cream with us you know or we're going to do something else so it's really important to let them know what you're doing and also why because because when you explain to them why you're doing it and what you're looking to get out of it, they'll just be much more supportive and open to it rather than 
you know, they might just think that it's just a fad thing. Like, why is she doing this again? So just explain the circumstances and people are much more understanding. So I really think that it's important to tell the people who you're around the most, like your close friends and family, what's going on, especially anybody you live with. Like I know when I was in college and um, I had to, there was a many different times I had to be on an elimination diet and I let them know like, Hey, this is how I'm eating for the next few months. And they were there to support me through it. Um, and just, they were much more aware and that helped me get through it because I didn't want anyone else acting like it, it was weird. And you know, when they already know, then it's just normalized and it's not a big deal. You really just need to plan ahead in terms of going to work and to class. And so whenever you are going on an elimination diet, you know, you don't want to focus on all the things you can't have. Focus on all the things you can have and also use it as an opportunity to try new things. So, so many of the new, weird, different things I eat, I I found because I was on elimination diets. Like elimination diets where I had to cut out random vegetables, that pushed me to try brand new vegetables I had never had or try and cook new foods in new ways. I mean, you guys, celery fries probably wouldn't be in existence if I didn't go on weird elimination diets because I never had to get rid of celery. So focus on all the foods you can eat and come up with a few different meal ideas that you like and then plan ahead ahead of time. It's okay. Here's the thing. People overthink elimination diets. How is this any different than when you're not on one? You're just maybe eating different foods. So, you know, have a few go-to breakfasts, a few go-to lunches. I just in general recommend people have go-to breakfast, like cycle through one or two a week or just have leftovers for breakfast in the morning. And then lunch, I always just recommend the night before, pack a big salad with leftover veggies or just whatever your leftovers from dinner were, put that in for your lunch. And then um, you can use canned, canned fish if you need to or just have the protein from the night before. And then use your dinner time as a time to cook in bulk and make extra for meals the next day. That's kind of how I like to run things. Or you can do meal prep the other way where you take a day out of the week and you just cook a bunch for the week and then mix and match. But just do whatever works for you um, and just plan ahead. Remember, this is all mindset. So just because you're on an elimination diet doesn't mean anything has to be different. You're just picking different foods. The more you tell people, I'm on an elimination diet, I can't have this or that, that is reinforcing this negative pattern in your brain don't talk about it like that. Like, this is the way I eat. I'm eating this way right now because I want to. The more you tell yourself you're restricted, you will feel restricted. So find things that are on your your thumbs up list and find things that you love on that list and just focus on those. Like, look at all these awesome things I get to eat. I also recommend looking at menus of places nearby or where you might frequent and knowing what you can order out where you can go if you're out in a social situation so I mean if there's a whole foods near you that's always a good spot to to go to but what I would do was every time I had a new elimination diet to go on and I would get these like because I was going off of food sensitivity tests and I have to eliminate all these random foods I would look at all my like favorite restaurants and think okay where can I get meals like if I was like, where could I get a meal that complies with these, this elimination diet? And I always had one or two places where I could make it work. And I mean, it's probably not going to be something straight off the menu, but this goes back to learning to adjust our menus. Remember, 
A menu is just a list of ingredients. Mix and match, take advantage of the sides, ask for things cooked plain, take the entree, take the protein from one entree, mix it with the veggies from another. You can do whatever you want. Take a house salad, add a protein on top, you can make it work. So I don't know what, what the exact foods this person can or can't eat on their elimination diet, but I highly recommend just knowing ahead of time places you could eat out at if that came up. But I would plan on cooking most of your food yourself. And, you know, when you're hanging out with friends, like turn it into something fun. Hey, I want to find like, let's come over and we're going to make a new recipe and have dinner. That's another great one is using it as an opportunity to find new recipes online that can be something fun you make once or twice a week. And also knowing, quote, treats, like if you get a sweet tooth that comply with your elimination diet. So depending on how strict it is, like, can you do a sugar-free dessert? I have two ebooks full of them. I have plenty on my website. Can you do cinnamon roasted veggies to make things sweet, like a cinnamon roasted scramble or cauliflower oatmeal or something like that? Just so you have different tools in your back pocket. In terms of exercise, if your elimination diet is cutting out a lot of food and you're eating less food or you're eating less of certain macronutrients that you feel like give you energy, you need to take that into account and be gentle on your body. So usually when people go on elimination diets, it is a good time to back off the exercise, focus on low intensity exercise, low impact, just take a chill pill and listen to your body and focus on just like eating right. And that's, that's the main piece of it. So let's not do any high intensity classes. Like some people can keep up with their exercise routine, but if you feel like you're dragging at all, just pull back. Remember it's not forever. I just think so much of this is mindset. And even in the way this question was posed, she said, how do you not lose your mind? Well, let me ask you, why do you have it in your head that you're going to lose your mind on an elimination diet? If you tell yourself it's no big deal, like you're just eating different foods for a certain period of time and remembering your end goal, because I'm assuming you're, you're doing this for a reason, hopefully to feel better or figure something out. Think of that as something exciting. You're not limiting yourself. You're actually freeing yourself of feeling negative from whatever symptoms you get from the foods that you are suspecting give you issues or maybe allowing your gut to heal, that is a form of freedom. So when you're posing the question, like, how do you not lose your mind? Why would you lose your mind? It's just a different season of life. Right now, maybe you're just eating a bit differently. Um, that doesn't mean that you're, you're not gonna eat like this forever. You're not on an elimination diet forever. I hope you're not. And you really just have to take it one day at a time. Don't overthink it. So I understand it's like when you get, when you're put on a protocol or a food elimination diet and you think, oh my God, I can't eat like this for however many months. I remember feeling like that when I was told I had to cut out all these foods for five months. And I just remember thinking, there's no way. I have X, Y, and Z event. I have my birthday. I have blah, blah, blah. Okay, you can't psych yourself out like that. Just take it one day at a time and say, I can do it. Like, okay, what am I eating for this next meal? Pretty easy. I'll stick with these veggies, this protein, this healthy fat. Like, Okay, there's one meal down and just go meal to meal. And remember, it's not about perfection. If you're on an elimination diet, well, depending on what it is, but I'm going to I'm going to go with like gut healing protocols in general or like if you took a food sensitivity test and need to eliminate the food um for a few months, then I don't want you to put pressure on yourself to be perfect if you have this food once or twice like it's going to be okay and give yourself that okay take a sigh of relief just focus on every meal 
that particular meal, not the next one, just think, okay, in this meal, what's the best decision I can make for myself? And then do that, make that decision. Remember, just one day at a time, <laughs> one meal at a time, don't overthink it and tell yourself that it's not, a, it's not a big deal. The more you say, I'm restricted, I'm eliminating, I'm eliminating, those words are sending your brain a certain signal that are gonna make you subconsciously feel like you are lacking. Um, and you don't, you don't wanna use those terms. You wanna use words with positive connotations. So you, you wanna literally use affirmations that tell your brain this is a good thing that these dietary changes I'm making, not this elimination diet, these dietary changes I'm making are gonna make me feel better and I'm excited about it. I'm excited about doing this little test trial to see how I feel. So that's a big piece. I think um, basically being prepared, you're gonna have to pack things ahead of time, always have some snacks on hand that are compliant. So, I mean, I don't know, what is for you but I used to always keep canned canned fish on me avocado nuts and seeds um you know chopstick just things in case I'm cut I'm caught in a pickle think about everything ahead of time know some restaurants let your friends and family know what's going on and try and turn it into a positive so like you can find you can try out new vegetables you can try new recipes Use it as a time to get creative. Listen to your body in terms of exercise and focus on like what your priorities are. Like, remember, there are seasons of life. You don't have to be the best at everything at all times. So maybe you love a certain type of exercise, but just right now for the next few weeks, you need to pull back. No big deal. That doesn't mean you can't go back to it, but it's like, what does your body need at this moment so that you are healthy overall in the long run? Remember the end goal. So those are my main tips in terms of going on an elimination diet. Remember, this is gonna make you feel so much better in the end and keep that in mind and use positive terms around it and don't overthink it. Like if you're just sitting there harping over the fact that you have to be on an elimination diet, well then, yeah, no shit, it's gonna be a shitty experience. But if you act like it's no big deal, then other people will act like it's no big deal and just like how you're eating right now. Think about people go on quote, diets that are, quote, restrictive all the time. Like, for instance, if I was on a vegan diet, I would feel super restricted personally. Like, I would feel like that's restricted. Um, but there are plenty of people in this world who eat vegan and they feel great and they just say, oh, I can't have it, it's not vegan. And they don't think of it as a restriction. They think of it as, like, I just, I just like that. And it's kind of the same thing. Or even with paleo, like with paleo, I don't feel restricted at all at all. And then I talk to other people who are like, wow, if I ate paleo, I would feel so restricted. Um, it's all just in the mindset. So you can literally decide what your emotions are towards something and how you're feeling. So just decide that this isn't going to make you feel restricted and that it's not hard for you. Tell yourself this isn't going to be a big deal. It's not difficult. I'm just going to eat like this and prepare ahead and I'll be good to go. And that will change the game for you in terms of your experience. And if you end up having to eat something that you're not supposed to, do not, do not get upset with yourself. It's okay. It's life. It is food. Food is not going to hurt you. Food is not going to kill you. Um, it's, it's not about being perfect. Just, you know, if you had to have it, if it came up or you ate it accidentally or whatever, there's no other choice in that situation. You had it, no big deal. Next meal, you know, you can make a different choice. Like there's no use in getting upset over it. There's no reason to at all. Um, so give yourself that grace. So those are my tips there. Okay, her next question was how to handle the transition from going from hormonal birth control 
IUD to a non-hormonal method, like using the DAISY. Okay, great topic. And I definitely want to write um, a more in-depth post on this just because it's easier to outline steps, steps there. And she, they mentioned this in the comments um, as well. But yeah, and they're spot on. Someone was like, she's probably going to recommend Jolene Brighton's new book, Beyond the Pill. And I am. I think that's an awesome book and it really outlines the exact steps to take. Um, she is for sure the expert in this field when it comes to getting off of hormonal birth control. She outlines exact protocols in that book, and I also will be releasing the podcast I recorded with Dr. Brighton in the next few weeks, and she gives great information in there as well. But in general, first of all, I really recommend coming off of whatever type of hormonal birth control you're taking with the help of your practitioner. So I know this person mentioned the IUD, but if anyone is on the pill, um, I would let your practitioner know you're coming off of it. Whoever prescribed this for you like they need to know you're coming off um so they can help you do that in a safe way especially if you're sexually active because um you want to make sure that you're taking the necessary precautions to not to not get pregnant if you don't want to get pregnant so we talked about this in the in the episode that will come out but dr brighton was saying how a lot of girls will try and cut their pill in half to wean off of it and the birth control doesn't work like that the pill um so you i mean if you do that you can still get pregnant so that's where people kind of go wrong so it's really just important to talk to the person who prescribed you the hormonal birth control so that they are well aware and can help you through that process but you definitely want to be supporting your body in other ways, which means perhaps supplementing with some of the nutrients that are depleted while on the pill. So some of these include folate, um, B vitamins, selenium, vitamin C, vitamin E. Also usually a good idea to add in some magnesium and a good probiotic because hormonal birth control can really negatively affect the gut. This is where other gut healing herbs and nutrients can come in like L-glutamine and zinc, marshmallow root, slippery elm bark, and so on. Also, doing all the things in general to balance your hormones, all the lifestyle changes that I've talked about many times on this podcast before, also in my program, have a whole module about it, but this is where we need to start paying attention to the personal care products we use. Are you eating out of plastics? How are your stress levels? Really all the environmental estrogens, really important to take into consideration. And I also really recommend supporting your liver. So on my website, I have a whole post about how to do a real liver detox, how to support your liver, but you wanna eat a lot of liver loving foods. You want to up your intake of cruciferous vegetables, eat some actual liver, get a lot of high quality animal proteins and healthy fats. You need to be eating healthy fats in order to detox your liver. Beets are a great food to include. Bitter grains, dandelion greens, arugula, anything that has a bite, endive. Drinking lemon water, citrus is great. And then supplementation can come in here, but it's going to vary person to person. And I outline all the supplements in that, that blog post on my website that I love. One of the top ones I like is liver GI detox by pure encapsulations and Zendocrine from doTERRA. Those are just a few, but there are a ton of different ways that you can detox. And then also just supporting your body's natural detoxification processes in terms of like sweating, getting in movement every day. Sauna can be awesome. Dry brushing, jumping, getting some lymphatic drainage in. You know I love my rebounder. All of those things 
um, to support the detox pathways in your body. Making time for self-care, getting plenty of sleep. Sleep is so important. Drinking enough water, all of these things. And basically the idea is to just support your body in all of these ways so that the transition off of hormonal birth control is seamless and then meanwhile knowing exactly what you're going to do when you come off when you come off of the hormonal birth control that you're taking so are you going to do fertility awareness method make sure that you really understand how that works and make sure you have a backup plan if you're just starting with that it can take a bit of time for something like the daisy to get to know your body and be on track with when it's safe to have sex and when it's not so um Talk, talk about that with your partner if you're sexually active so that you're well aware that you might need to take extra measures like make sure you're using a condom if you're going to be sexually active during the time from the transition off of the hormonal birth control into something like the using fertility awareness method or if you want to abstain during that time as well you can also look up a fertility awareness method um, like educator there are people who are trained in this who can help you if you want to learn more about that but I really think that it's just important to be educated this is why I love the book taking charge of your fertility as well I think it every woman needs to read it but I recommend supporting your body supporting your hormones in as many ways as possible while you're on the hormonal form of birth control that whatever you're doing um, support your body now and then it will help make that transition off easier but again there are full protocols in jolene brighton's book beyond the pill and um, a lot more information in that blog post about detox i think it's important to really support your liver during that time support your hormones in general balanced hormones um so that you know your body can get back on track when you when you come off and like i mentioned i like you need to tell the person <laughs> you need to tell the person you're working with your practitioner that you plan on coming off so they can help you take those steps okay next question somebody said repairing your metabolism after restricting carbs for an extended period of time and how the body responds to carbs after being restricted for years is it ever able to handle them again this is a really good question and varies from person to person. And I feel like, you know, I have a lot of personal experience with this as well. I had restricted carbs for a long time and it really took my body a while to be able to relearn how to metabolize them and to handle them. And I personally believe that your body in most cases absolutely can handle them again. It's just about how you reintroduce them. And there's a lot of people, for instance, maybe they've been keto for a long time or just low carb for a long time and they reintroduce carbs and get negative symptoms. So they say, Oh, Whoa, I don't, I don't want that anymore. Um, and so they just say, I can't handle the carbs and they just stick to being low carb forever. And that's just sort of an easy way out. I talk about um, physiological insulin resistance. I have a post on that on my website, christinaricewellness.com under my blog. Basically, this explains how being on a low carb diet can, can make you physiologically insulin resistant because your body wants to preserve any glucose it gets for the brain. Um, it, it's basically over the long term why people have issues when they try and reintroduce carbs. My personal opinion is that people should be metabolically flexible, which is why I went through this whole period of like, I need to retrain my body to tolerate carbohydrates because I don't wanna be someone where it's like, I eat low carb all the time and then if a carb comes up, I eat it and then I have these crazy side effects and feel like a pile of crap. 
Uh, no, I want to be able to throw anything on my body and feel fine and basically just eat the way I want to eat because I want to eat that way, not because my body is forcing me to eat a certain way in terms of macronutrients. Especially as a woman, um, I think that women need carbohydrates for healthy hormones. And like over the long term, that doesn't mean there can't be seasons of being low carb um, and doing fine on it. And also it depends on where you're at in your life. So women of reproductive age need more carbohydrates versus someone who is postmenopausal would do much better generally on a lower carb diet than someone who um, is in her reproductive years. So if you've been restricting carbs for a while, remember this is just a huge shock to the body. It hasn't, it's kind of switched over to um, using fat for fuel. And it might have, depending on how long, you've you've been restricting your carbs it might have sort of forgotten how to metabolize those carbs or it feels like a big a big deal when they come in think about it as if you've been in a dark room for like five years and all of a sudden someone just swings the door open and it's super bright you'd be like whoa that's a lot that's how the body might feel so my personal opinion is Yes, the body will be able to handle them again unless unless you have a specific health condition. Um, but it's just about how you retrain your body to handle them. So the method I like is just slowly reintroduce. And we also want to be cognizant of the type of carbohydrates we are reintroducing. So we don't want to go from eating low carb for two years to I'm going to have a piece of cake and a cookie every night. That's That's going to be a lot. So I recommend starting off with a whole foods vegetable source of carbohydrate and I would go with a starchy vegetable and start off with a small amount. So literally a quarter cup of whatever it is. Maybe you're having a quarter cup of butternut squash. You might also want to think about um, going with a lower glycemic carb to start with. So maybe literally you're starting with carrots and then over time you're progressing to like kabocha squash and then you work your way up to butternut and then you work your way up to sweet potatoes so it's going to be over a period of time i like to use a winter squash to start with though and i like to start with a quarter to half a cup at dinner time in the evening it tends to be easier on the body and if you have any negative effects you can sort of just sleep through it and a lot of people find that they get really sleepy after carbs so it's just i prefer it much much better to add them in to begin with in the evening or in your post-workout window if you exercise and you're eating something afterwards that could be a great time to add that in as well just to replenish your glycogen stores but let's start off there with just a small amount and see how the body feels so say you have half a cup of some squash at dinner eat it and I always recommend eating it with protein and or fat to help balance out that insulin spike that might come from the glucose in the starch because we want a slow and steady increase in insulin in the body. We don't want a spike and crash in insulin. And so when you have that protein and or the fat that can help just mellow it out. So we're avoiding any blood sugar spikes and crashes. Okay. So you have that at dinner. Everything goes well. Awesome. So maybe tomorrow night you have the same amount. If you start noticing effects, okay, maybe you take one or two days off until you feel better and then maybe start with something lower glycemic or like say you did a squash, maybe do a, maybe do carrots or just a smaller amount. Maybe you need to start off with a quarter cup 
and see how your body does. And you want to get to the point where having whatever amount you're having, you're not noticing any negative effects, and then you can progress slowly from there. So say you have half a cup of squash at dinner, you feel pretty good. Tomorrow you have a cup of squash at dinner, you feel pretty good. I would keep that amount for maybe about a week or so and then bump it up. Maybe you're having three quarters cup um, or maybe you're having it half a cup at lunch and dinner. But I like to usually just keep it at dinner and like progress upwards in terms of amount with the same type of carb over time. and, And just like as long as your body is like feeling good and then maybe once you get to kind of like your ideal amount at that meal then bump it up like let's add it in at lunch and see how I feel um and keeping it consistent so I don't recommend starting off with a sweet potato like eating a big sweet potato as your first carb like slowly increasing over time and sometimes this process can be really slow it just depends on how much metabolic damage has been done other people can progress pretty quickly Like I know people who have been low carb for a while and then they just kind of roll straight back into eating carbs at breakfast, lunch, and dinner and they don't notice any negative effects and they're super lucky. But then there are people like me who I became super sensitive and so I had to very slowly teach my body um, to tolerate each one. And sometimes it was like the first time I had a sweet potato, oh my God, it did not work. And so I gave myself like a week off of that and then I tried again with a smaller amount and it was okay. Then I waited a few days, add a little more. I just had to retrain my body. And anytime you think it's going wrong, just backtrack, give yourself a break, and you can try again. But start with less and slowly increase and give yourself some time. I was low carb slash keto-ish in and out for like the past three years. And right now I'm eating a good amount of carbs. I've been trying to increase my carbs and I eat um, carbs with two to three meals a day at this point and I feel great. And like it was just because I slowly introduced them um and that's you just have to go low and slow and sometimes not all carbohydrates will work for you and that's okay so another way to test this is by actually testing your blood glucose after a meal if you want to so if you have a glucometer and you just prick your finger and I would you know say you have a carb check your check your blood glucose levels like an hour after you eat and then two hours after you eat and make sure it's lower than 130 and if so then that carb works for your body there might be certain carbs that make your your blood sugar spike so much and maybe that that specific carb just doesn't work for you um so that's a good way to test out what's going to work for you specifically but i do recommend just like starting off with something lower glycemic start off with the with a starchy carb balance it out with a protein and a fat don't just have it by itself um and slowly increase from there and then add in more types and then I would move into fruit and also I'd prioritize like what food do you really miss? Like, Is there a particular food that you just like really want? Like if you're craving a sweet potato, maybe that is one that you want to introduce a little bit earlier than other types of squashes. But I would just start with a really small amount and see how you go from there because I know what it's like when you're just like, I want a carb and you're craving a certain one, but you're putting off introducing that one because you feel like you have to wait, but then you go crazy. So it's just like, just introduce it. If you're really craving something, you know, that's a that's a good way to prioritize. Like prioritize by the glycemic load of the food, but also by what you want. Also, again, the mindset piece of this is huge. Tell yourself you can tolerate the carbohydrate. The more you're saying, I'm low carb and I'm never going to be able to handle these again, the more you're just telling your brain you can't handle it again. And so much of this is mental. Like our responses to food 
um, is very psychological. It's why people will know they're intolerant to something and sometimes they eat it out and they're like having fun with friends and it's just a great experience and they have no negative reactions and they're super confused. They're like, wait, I always have a reaction to garlic. Why did I not then? I experience that all the time. Like there are foods I know if I eat by myself and I know what's in the food, I have a weird reaction to it. But if I'm out and it's in there and I don't even know, then I don't react to it. It's a psychological thing. I mean, whatever. So, but tell yourself, I can totally tolerate these again. I just have to go low and slow and it's gonna, it's gonna work out. Slash, as you're adding them in, even if you have a negative reaction, don't tell yourself, oh my God, I'm a failure. I can never have this again. Just say, okay, that didn't work. I'm just gonna regroup and try again and it will, it will work. You might also find that you end up making other dietary adjustments as you increase your carbs. Um, so maybe you end up eating, maybe before because you're eating so low carb, you're, you're adding so much fat and you probably don't need to add as much fat anymore because now your body has a different form of fuel as well. So maybe you can lower your fat. But when people add in carbs, I also see them just like cut out fat and you don't want to do that either. Remember, you want to be metabolically flexible and repair your metabolism. So you want your body to be able to handle every macronutrient, which means including them all, balanced meals. But really the key with repairing your metabolism after restricting carbs is it's going to be a slow process. Um, so just take it one meal at a time and be very patient and resistance train <laughs> low key, just in general with your metabolism resistance train. Um, yeah, focus on that. <laughs> okay. Another question that I really like is someone said what to eat kinds of meals slash foods during stressful times or when you're stuck in a parasympathetic state but you know you should eat some calories besides smoothies that would be awesome i think they mean stuck in a sympathetic state um like what to eat when you're stressed out so this is gonna depend on the person in particular so some people when they're really stressed out they feel like they can't eat and other people when they're stressed out they're like so hungry um if it's if you are someone where you're stressed out and it's hard for you to eat, I would stick with things that are really easy to digest. So this might be a good time for this might be a good time for soups and smoothies or things that are just kind of already broken down a little bit for you. Um, in general, I would focus on like foods that are very cooked. Like make sure you're really cooking your vegetables. I would do as much raw and if you are someone who feels like you can barely eat, then focus on calorically dense food. So even if you're eating less food, you're getting in the calories. So this is where things like fat bombs or sugar-free desserts that I post can be really helpful because it's a, like a small volume for more calories. In terms of macronutrients though, really, um, carbohydrates are great for blunting the cortisol response for people who are super stressed out that's why carbohydrates can be so helpful especially with women who are like in a very stressed out state if you're overtraining, under eating life stress this can be where carbohydrates can be really helpful to calm that down versus when you're on a low carb style diet or a ketogenic diet i mean your body in terms of like being in ketosis is a more can be a more stressful state on the body in this is all contextual because for some people it would be less stressful if it's calming down inflammation but what's happening is when your body has to if your body needs glucose and it has to 
get that from gluconeogenesis, that is also calling on the adrenals throughout that process, which can tax the adrenals. And if that's going on over time, over and over again, like if you're doing things and your body needs glucose, um, needs more glucose, and it has to call upon the process of gluconeogenesis over and over again, that can be really taxing on the body. And that's why you see over time people feeling really run down. But again, that's going to depend on like what that person is doing and what that what they need that glucose for. That can be an example of when like a ketogenic or low carb um, diet, which are not the same thing, but I'm saying either one of those might be more stressful on the body than increasing your carbohydrates. So a lot of women do feel a lot better in particular, you know, for they're super stressed out, um, increasing the carbs to help with that, with that cortisol upregulation. Because if your body is using glucose from starch rather than creating glucose from um, proteins and fats, then that is less demanding on the adrenals. So increasing carbs can help. But also in terms of, I mean, I'm not, I'm not certain what type of stressful situations this person is referring to. But if your body, if you're very stressed out and your body is in a period of healing, um, and needs more support if you've, you know, healing from an illness or an injury, you really need to increase the protein. People who are older, sick, high stress, really need to increase their protein. So you might need to eat more than you think to just replenish your amino acids and really support all of your body's processes. Kind of in general though, like if you are stressed out, what type of eating is going to be the least stressful for you? Like, if you are really stressed out and you're trying to follow some certain type of diet or macro ratio and it's stressing you out to do that, then that's not the way to do things. So if you're really stressed out and following a low-carb diet usually feels good for you, but it's stressing you out, then maybe don't do that or maybe vice versa. Or if you are really stressed out and you usually follow SCD or AIP, um, and you're doing that not out of necessarily necessity, but just because you feel better that way, that might not serve you in that super stressful time period. So it's also about just thinking like, is the way I'm eating right now stressing me out? Like, is it stressful to eat like this? Or um, is it easy for me? Because food shouldn't be another thing for you to stress out about. It should just be easy and make you feel good. But I also just think it can be easier to stick with sort of just have a few go-to meals on rotation so you don't have to think too much and like get your protein, your veggies, carbohydrates, healthy fat, um, include all of your macronutrients and really nourish yourself and make sure you're not under eating. Um, make sure you're giving your body enough fuel to deal with that stressful situation. You know, people sometimes get upset when they're hungrier, when they're stressed out, but you don't need to get upset often your body needs more fuel. Like you just might need more fuel, more calories to get through that stressful situation to support your body. Your body needs energy. Think of food as fuel. And under eating is just going to make your sympathetic state only more heightened. You're just going to be stuck there even more so. So you want to calm the body down. Let it know, I'm getting plenty of food. I'm getting all the macronutrients I need. I'm not restricting any of those. So tell your body we are safe on the food front we are good here you don't have to stress out about this so it can divert all of its resources towards whatever stressor is is necessary to address and nourishing yourself will just send your brain the signals 
that it's okay. We can calm down. We can relax. We can switch over into that parasympathetic rest and digest state. But if you are stuck in this sympathetic state, then understand that you're, you're in your fight or flight, not your rest and digest. So you want to be making that digestion process as easy as possible. I would recommend digestive enzymes. I would chew your food. I mean, in general, you should be chewing your food a lot, but take extra care to chew your food 30 to 40 times every bite. And like I said, things that are easily digested, like making sure you really cook down all your food, um, soups and smoothies and more blended foods might feel better for you right then. And just keep it simple. Like you don't have to do anything fancy, cook your food in some olive oil, get some healthy proteins in, use all those healthy fats, um, add in your source of carbohydrate and your vegetables and just keep it simple. You don't have to overthink it. Whatever foods, if there are certain foods you like, like if there are certain vegetables you like, certain meats you like, make those because if you like them, they'll make you happy and that will help reduce your stress level as well. So it's going to be very individual, but those are the things I would really focus on if you are just a very stressed out person in terms of macros, um, increasing carbohydrates can really help if you're super low carb and very stressed out. Uh, that might be an issue. Although on the flip side, sometimes if you're, it depends why your body is stressed out. If your body is stressed out because you're insulin resistant and your blood sugar is all over the place, you might need to drop your carbs lower to balance out your blood sugar. But if you're somebody who's already eating low carb and you're super stressed out and you've been doing it for a while, you might need to bump those up to help with that, with that cortisol regulation. And then also if you're, if you're stressed out and your body is in a state of, um, if your body's in a catabolic state, basically you need more protein. So people who are, who are stressed and generally need a higher protein intake. Okay. I really like this question. So I want to address it. It says, I would like to hear your tips on learning how to trust and be confident in trusting one's own intuition over all of the information seen online. Specifically, I think the lower carb, higher fat paleo diet just does not work for my body. I got so sick and developed high cholesterol and high triglycerides following a modified AIP diet. But after going back to my balanced 20 protein, 40 carbs, 40 fat vegan diet, I feel worlds better and my blood work went back to normal and I feel like a healthy teenager and I can run my passion and do yoga again. But my problem is I'm frustrated and almost angry with my body because the diet and lifestyle that should have worked for me didn't. Like all the information out there is telling me one thing and my body is telling me another. I feel you. I know there's so much information and it's hard in this space because people feel pressured to eat a certain way or exercise a certain way because we're told what's the best. But what's important to remember is there is always and it depends. So people can put out general recommendations and who are they generally talking to? Most people putting health information out there are just trying to speak to the average American. And what does the average American look like? Um, if you're painting a picture of that person, it's usually um, a middle-aged, honestly, usually man, middle-aged man who isn't in shape, eats standard American diet, and wants to lose weight. Okay, I mean, not everybody fits that mold. I certainly don't. But even if it is a little bit more targeted, it's still never targeted enough unless somebody is like really working with you one-on-one -on -one or in a closer setting. Even if I'm looking at two teenage girls and uh, they're both 18, one probably has a completely different body composition than the other, has a completely different metabolism, has different life stressors. 
has a different ancestral background, comes from a different part of the world. There are so many different factors that play into this that, I mean, this is why bio-individuality is so important. And I understand with so much information, it can be really hard to put your blinders on. But this is my suggestion, is really to take stock of all the information you're consuming and start cutting things out. And I remember driving myself crazy because I followed every health and wellness blog magazine, all these different bloggers, and I was just getting overloaded with all this information all the time. And it was, I mean, it's basically when we do this, we're basically signing up for peer pressure is what we're doing. (laughs) Um, And we don't need that. And we didn't evolve to be in this type of culture where we're getting so much information all the time. We're just on information overload and like our brains don't even know how to process that. Our brains, it's hard for us to be able to separate what what we know, to be able to separate our intuition from all this outside noise. So we have to help it. And what does that mean? That means cutting down on the people who you follow and pay attention to and where you get your advice from is a huge one. Like, honestly, think about who are the people or or like outlets where you get the most valuable information that makes you feel good, that doesn't confuse you, that doesn't make you feel peer pressured, um, that you enjoy listening to and like literally pick five and like everyone else can go fade away. I promise you're not going to miss out on anything. Half the people in this space are saying the same shit over and over again. Like most people in the health space are saying just variations of the same thing. It's just, who do you want to hear it from? Who resonates with you? So just pick those people. Um, And if that's not me, that's okay. I just want you to protect yourself and your mental health because I totally understand being on information overload. For instance, I think everyone knows I'm obsessed with podcasts. And for the last three years, I basically spent any, any, any time there was a blank space in my life, I was listening to podcasts everywhere. I walk everywhere. I drive listening to podcasts. And a few months ago, I just realized my brain was going to explode. And I basically don't ever listen to podcasts anymore. I listen to one, like every, like maybe one a week, if that. And instead I listen to music or I just give my brain silence and I've been so much happier. Um, And I remember I I went through that with blogs too. I used to read so many blogs and then just, I was on information overload. I was feeling horrible about myself, feeling like I was doing everything wrong. Every time I thought I did something that felt good, I would second guess myself. And I was trying to fit a mold that everybody else said I should be. And I wasn't getting anywhere because I was, I wasn't tapping into my intuition. I was focusing on what everybody else was saying. And you can only listen to yourself if you give yourself space to hear yourself. The most intelligent people like who have walked this earth are people who meditate and spend time in silence. And that is because they are able to tap into their intuition and hear themselves and like listen to the voices in their own head, be in tune with their bodies. And you can't do that with all this outside noise. So I just recommend cutting down who you get information from and just picking your very favorite and then starting to switch your mindset. Also, when you cut down, you might need to go through a period of time where you just don't pay, like literally don't pay attention to any health information, just like being like cutting it out, none of this for a week, and then come back to it. Um, This is why social media detox can be so great. But even if you cut this down, maybe you're only paying attention to like, 
you know, one or two podcasts or two or three bloggers. You've like, you know, cut that down a lot, unfollowed a lot of people. You will have more space in your head, more time to think. But then going into it, you know, a lot of this is just our mindsets in terms of remembering that you can trust yourself and no one out there is God. Like, the smartest person in the world, somebody who knows everything about nutrition and health and fitness, even that person can be wrong because they don't know you and they don't know your body. You're the only person who knows your body. And remember that nobody else has to live in your body. Only you do. So you need to do what makes you feel good, even if that's the opposite of what someone else needs to do to feel good. Remember that also a lot of people in the space, I mean, this is also how people make money, right? So talking about like following a certain diet or lifestyle, like, okay, a modified AAP diet and you feel like that should have made you feel better. Well, why are people talking about why AIP works so well? Probably because they had a great experience with it. And many people do, but there are just as many people who do AIP who don't, don't see the results. And so they have to try something else. There is always an outlier, like even in terms of research studies, and this is a whole other topic why I'm just like over this thing where people are like, show me the study. There is no research study where 100% of people get the exact same results. There's always an outlier. So who's to say you're not the one or 2%? Even if something generally is true as being helpful for most people, maybe it's not for you. But at the same time, who cares what other people are saying? If you're trying something and you don't feel good, then ditch it. Like you don't need to, to follow it. And at the end of the day, I think that a lot of people are might be more in tune with their bodies than they think, but they're just afraid to listen to it. And you've got to just take that leap and start trusting it. And to take that leap, it's like fake it till you make it. If you're nervous about making this change, you're like, honestly, I feel like I feel better like this, but I'm nervous because they said I won't. Just in your head, say this is just going to be a trial run. I'm going to try eating this way that I think might make me feel good for two weeks and I mean, worst comes to worst, I can go back to what I was doing before. I can go back to what all these health gurus are saying. Um, you know, nothing is set in stone. Just because I eat one way tomorrow doesn't mean I have to the next day. So just toy with what you think might feel good. And you might find that as soon as you just follow your intuition, you're going to feel way better because your body is sending you those signals for a reason. And here's the thing, this person who sent in this question, you're saying your blood work literally got better. So that's telling you you're moving in the right direction. That is literally the universe sending you a signal like, wow, look what happens when you listen to your intuition. Um, not only is it sending you signals in terms of your intuition, but also it's giving you this concrete validation like your blood work is moving in the right direction. So hello, keep doing this. Stop just doing what you think you need to do. You are not a failure if what everyone else says works for them doesn't work for you. No one's a failure. The thing is that there's not one thing that works for everybody. If there was, then like no one would be in business. If there was, I mean, there'd be nothing to talk about, right? So you say that all the information out there is telling me one thing and my body is telling me another. Your body and your intuition always comes first. I don't care what anybody else says, um, what all the information is saying. There are things in this world just in general that like, Maybe there's not concrete evidence for that doesn't mean it's not true. It's like, I mean, I can't see the wind, but I can feel it, you know? It's also like placebo effect. It's like there are plenty of things that maybe it's placebo effect, but at the end of the day, do we really care if it gets people results? 
I mean, I don't. The point of this life is to feel as best as we can. And I really just want to empower you to tap into your intuition and trust it and say, I don't care what anyone else says. Like, Everyone should be doing what works best for them and that's probably going to be different, but there is nothing that I respect more in a person than somebody who follows what their heart, their body needs and doesn't care what anybody else has to say about it because it's really no one else's business. I eat a certain way because it makes me feel really good Um, and there are plenty of people who if they eat the exact same way as me, maybe wouldn't feel great that so they probably shouldn't eat that way and I just want the person next to me to eat and exercise and live their life in the way that genuinely truly makes them feel their best because you're really just doing yourself a disservice if you're just trying to eat or exercise or live your life in a way that's in accordance of what some random ass article on the internet is telling you to do I mean let's think about that for a second are you really gonna let some random ass article on the internet dictate how you're gonna live your life No. Also remember that just because something works for you right now doesn't mean it's going to work for you forever. Just because something doesn't work for you right now doesn't mean that later on down the line it won't start to work. So you just have to listen to your body in its current state and be flexible to adjusting as time goes on. You know what to do. You're literally in this in this saying um I think the lower carb higher fat paleo diet just does not work for my body. I got so sick and developed high cholesterol and high triglycerides and then you switched you switched your diet back and you feel like a healthy teenager. Okay, you just answered your own question. And I'm happy to be here right now to like validate what you're feeling until you listen to that intuition. Like I'm happy to be that person, but I want everyone listening to this to get to the point eventually where they don't need someone else on the outside saying listen to your body, like it's okay to listen to your body, like blanket statement you guys it's okay to listen to your body like you don't need somebody else to tell you it's okay to this is your life and your body so do what makes you feel good and remember that just because something makes you feel good now doesn't mean it will it might not always work for you and you might have to adjust so just deal with it as things go you know maybe maybe okay you're a teenager you're clearly very active why do you need to do a low carb high fat paleo diet Maybe that's just not what your body wants right now. You're probably, your metabolism is probably like just raging in a great way. You like to run. You probably need more carbohydrates. Like, I mean, you know, it's logical. The low carb, high fat diet works best for overweight, older people. And that's a huge generalization. There are plenty of people who are younger and not overweight who it works great for um, as well. But I'm just saying like, all of these articles that are like low carb, high fat, who is this really helping? Like it's because people want weight loss and like they're trying to sell whatever they're trying to sell to a certain demographic, which is usually um, like people, middle-aged people who have the money to spend on it. So keep that in mind. You're probably not their target demo, but even if you were, your body is screaming at you to do a certain thing. So honor it, listen to it. This is me encouraging you because no one else especially someone who doesn't even know you (laughs) can tell you what makes you feel your best so how do you trust and be confident in your own intuition you cut down on all the random ass information coming in your way you need to cut down on all that stimuli and then you just start listening to it 
honestly, it's just fake it till you make it. You start listening to it even when you're not totally sure. And I promise as soon as you really start tapping into your intuition and following what your body is telling you to do, you're going to start to feel better. And then you will get that own proof within your body that that's what you should continue doing. And you'll, it'll be easier for you to start trusting it and you won't have to second guess it anymore because you will have had that experience. So it really is just about diving in, trust it. Just say, I'm going to trust it. I'm going to try it out. Let's see what happens. And there you go. But I really just can't reiterate enough that you guys, I mean, big part of my mission with this platform is like, I want to empower you to listen to your bodies and do what is best for you, even if other people around you, all those other voices are saying to do the opposite. They don't know you and no one got anywhere just by following along with the crowd. So <laughs> do what your body is telling you, what your intuition is telling you. Even if you think it doesn't make logical sense, there's a reason why you're getting those messages. All right, that's gonna be the end of today's episode great questions and I have more great ones. So I'm excited for the next Q&A. If you want to submit a question, you can do that on my website, christinaricewellness.com. Just go to the podcast page and submit it there or in our Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. You can submit things in there when I post about Q&As. Don't forget that enrollment is open for my Paleo Women Lifestyle Program. Our live video coaching calls are kind of similar to this, except you get to see me and talk back and forth with me right there on the call and we cover, I mean, whatever you want in there. It's exclusive. So make sure you sign up this round if you're interested in joining. I only run this group two or three times a year and the price will increase next time. And I would love to have you in, in the tribe. You'll get access to the content forever once you're in it. And I promise you will love it. So if you're ready to enroll, just go to bit.ly slash paleo women lifestyle and you'll get that $200 off price if it's the first day. Hopefully you head over there before spots sell out and I cannot wait to start with this new group next Monday. All right, guys, thanks again for listening. I would so appreciate it if you left a rating and a review on iTunes. If you enjoyed the show, just takes a minute. It's free for you, and it really helps me spread the word about the podcast. And per usual, whenever you share episodes on social media, it really, really helps me out um, and means a lot to me. And I love connecting with you guys. And when, you know, I get to know you, I see your handles. It's like our little, our family. So thanks for doing that. I hope you have an awesome rest of your day. Do something nice for yourself. Go read Overheard LA if you want to laugh for a few hours like me. That's what I do. (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be it this time. And I will talk to you again next episode. Bye.